the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial plan decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? kind of an interesting time right now because we have about a trillion dollars of companies that want to come public, initial public offerings, right? And what's kind of exciting about this is, do you got an extra trillion dollars lying around so that you can just buy whatever you want? Collectively as a universe, we don't right now. So what we're going to be seeing is a little bit of short-term selling. Why do you want to own boring old Facebook or Yelp or, um, gosh, Snap? When you could own sexy new and improved Uber and Lyft and Instagram. Oh, Snap. Interesting. Oh, Snap. Do you see where I'm going at with this? There's going to be a shift of some people who own things that are tech-oriented who want to sell them so they can own other shiny tech stock investments. So this is kind of one of those times where we need to be a little bit careful in the short term what happens to companies and how do we react in changing market conditions. So Lyft getting ready to come public, I find that fascinating. Only in the in the day and age because... I was in the Bay Area when Lyft, before Lyft started, and you really got to see them kind of like seed, and uh, you got to see your friends looking at their phone, and you know they're seeing the driver come around the block, and like uh, you know Uber versus Lyft, and you kind of got to see like, oh look, the guy's coming, oh he's got he's got little teeny tiny Tootsie Pops in his car, and then you'd hear horror stories about a guy who basically thought his ride was coming on to him, so he wanted to take her home. So it's kind of a wild, wild west. Lyft is going to be coming public. There's a, a herd of unicorns. And you know what a unicorn is? 
company that's worth over a billion dollars that doesn't make money, right? That's the essential of it. There's a herd of them out there, and they're all saying, we want to come public. Now, when they do that, everyone who privately bought shares wants to say, I own this company for the last two, three years when they weren't public, and I want to cash out now. So Lyft coming public tomorrow. Ticker symbol LYFT. Looks like it's going to be worth about $18.5 billion. It's got $284 million shares outstanding. Now, then there's going to be an expansion of the offering, which basically means it's going to be oversubscribed. And you're going to see a company worth even more, $20 billion. We're going to start looking at it. What can Lyft do to make $20 billion? In the end, if you're worth $20 billion, you need to be able to make $20 billion. That's the idea. In the long run, something along those lines, right? Well, Rod, would you come out with a cure for cancer? Well, Lyft isn't working on the cure for cancer, as far as I know. But Lyft has shrewdly positioned itself as the anti-Uber. And I kind of agree with that, because in my head, if I'm on holiday or a business trip... In my head, I go, hmm, who do I want to use? And I'm like, Uber's got that evil ex-CEO, Travis Kalanick. That's terrible. And, and when I say evil, he just he ran a kind of misogynistic business. And that, there's a, that happens. It's a way of you know, bonding. It's a way of, of getting the troops to kill each other so that you can go in you know, uh, war-hungry against the enemy. So Lyft's revenue surged to $2.2 billion in 2018 from $343 million in 2016. That's a pretty good jump. Now, its market share grew to 39% from 22% during that period of time. But their losses, um, $911 million last year. So, yeah, that's impressive that you could pull in $2.2 billion, but you also lost $911 million. So how are they going to reverse that loss? and turn it into gain. That gives you a price-to-sales multiple, as long as you're also heading towards price-to-earnings multiple. A price-to-sales multiple is one way to value a company who's not making money. Right now, they're using a lower enterprise value, and they're doing everything they can, kind of a little smoke and mirrors when you're coming public. A lot of questions being asked. You know, uh... Every time you get into a lift, there's they have to pay insurance. That's part of your fare. Can those costs come down? Can the scale, can the business become legit? Too legit, too legit to quit. Anyhow, can it become legit enough that it creates an opportunity um, to drive down costs, drive down like uh, a... Insurance companies right now are a little leery of the ride-sharing companies. They're still trying to figure out what the risks uh, can be contained at, so to speak. And um, analysts are going to be coming out and and talking all about this in the next couple days. I'm talking about it because I find it quite impressive. Um, A lot of companies are going to be raising a lot of money. And what that means is the farmer out in Idaho. And he's like, gee whiz, I want me some of that lift. I wish they'd come out with tractors that I could drive around in. And he's going to say, Marge, open up the mason jar. We're buying some shares of Lyft. I hear it's a fun thing. I know you're saying, that's not what a soybean farmer in Iowa sounds like. 
let me live that fantasy. Let me live that fantasy. So Lyft is valued at 5.4 times 2019 sales. That's not egregious. Um, it's reasonable. Now, when it comes public at 60 to 62, what's the next trade? Is it going to be 150? Then it's going to be egregious. But somewhere around $75, it looks pretty interesting. Based on price to sales, not based on price to earnings because there's no earnings. Based on their competition, we haven't even talked about that. But on sales, we can go, it's a gig economy-based business, and we're with it. Uber is expected to follow Lyft to the public market. They could be valued at $110 billion sometime next quarter or the quarter after. And that's about 10 times its revenue. So 5.4 times for Lyft, 10 times for Uber. Yeah. You could start seeing, well, Lyft is an Uber, so we're not going to pay as a premium of a price. Wall Street and investing. If I teach you one thing, I'll teach you one thing only. And thank you so much um, for being around and supporting me. Um, If I teach you one thing and one thing only, it's Wall Street's about comparison. It's really not about finding a big, shiny, you know, nickel and going, woo Let's go find another one. I know, you're saying shiny nickels? That's right. One test for unprofitable unicorns like Uber and Lyft is companies, um, you should be able to look at how much money they can earn pre-tax. For Lyft, that would be about $2 billion in pre-tax earnings. You wait five years to get 10% on your money, and people say that's crazy. So you're really going to have to take a little bit of time to digest is Lyft right or not right for you. Lyft is being sold as a growth story, but as with any growth story, there can be risks. So can they be profitable as a number two player while still paying its drivers? Oh, and that's another thing. Driver strikes, they're starting to talk about them both at Uber and uh, Lyft. And then there's like the bike sharing company angle on it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I love games like which would you rather? Would you rather be on a Zeppelin that's slowly leaking helium? Or would you rather be stuck on a ski lift while the wind's starting to pick up? Same thing goes with investing. It's, It's a question of which would you rather have? You know, I've been talking a little bit about Lyft this morning, right? And the public IPO coming on Friday, March 29th. The day that will live in infamy. Okay, probably won't live in infamy. It probably won't be that special. But it's good to get that kind of crazy thing in your head going, right? So Lyft, right. Lyft said they're not going to be public. They're not going to be profitable until 2022. So right now, if you go out and make a little baby, or if your baby pops out today, mama had a baby and its head popped off. Childhood limerick thing, right? Um, i not wishing for baby's heads to pop off. But baby pops out today, right? He's going to be three years old before Lyft's public. That's that's pushing 16, pushing 18. Like it's growing up fast, right? So that's so says the company. Now, part of that's what they're filing. They have to do what they can to make sure that you know they're not 
trying to like pump speculation into themselves. And uh, 2022 feels like a long time to me. But the IPO has been twice oversubscribed, and it's like twice baked potatoes. Ooh, I like twice baked potatoes. Um, I think that's where they start getting tasty. So anyway, I'm totally digressing, but same thing. Twice oversubscribed. Lyft's initial public offering is oversubscribed based on commitments made so far by investors, making it more likely that the ride-hailing startup will fetch a valuation over $23 billion. It's going to be a pretty interesting morning tomorrow. I'll be on there. Don't worry about that. We'll talk about it, but... Can Lyft compete with Barron's? Would you rather be stuck on a ski lift and the wind's starting to pick up? Or would you rather be in a Zeppelin that's slowly leaking helium? And you're, you, next question, you're like, what do you mean by slowly? How much slowly? And wh- wh- why is the captain got a lighter? Oh, no! Anyhow, you get the point. You have to learn how to value companies. Now, one company that got into a lot of trouble a few years ago was Lululemon. They're up huge today. They're up 13.8%. Lululemon, ticker symbol L-U-L-U, when you go to the gym and you see people like wearing baggy gym clothes, you're like, oh, why didn't you dress up to go to the gym at least? Come on, put on some makeup. And then a couple years later, you start seeing like people like wearing Nike and just do it. And they're wearing little former fitting shirt. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's more like it. And then the athleisure era came and like whoa people look good going to the gym like lululemon decided like we could do this we could design sexy looking clothes for men and women that they want to wear casually as well as when they work out stocks up 20 bucks today up 13.8 percent sitting at 167 do you think people are gonna stop working out no do you think people are going to be vain and go back, or not be vain and go back to their baggy sweatpants? No. Um, so that's out there. PVH Corporation, they're up 11%, which these two companies tell me that Wall Street is very, very cautious right now. When you have a nice number, you shouldn't be up 13.8% or 11.4%. So there's some guardedness. Speaking of guardedness, U.S.-China trade news, trade representatives Robert Lighthouser and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin arrived in Beijing today. Man, that, that flight, I'm sure Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is going like, how many times can I fly to China from Washington, D.C.? Latest round of trade negotiations expected to continue through Friday, followed by another round next week. We kind of need it. You know why? Because the fourth quarter GDP was revised down from 2.6% to 2.2%. Now... One of my good friends is a pretty hot, hot woman named G Locks. She goes by Goldie, and Goldilocks. She she she's kind of funny. She doesn't like things too cold. She doesn't like things too hot. She likes things that are just right. They don't. Like, she doesn't like it too soft. She doesn't like it too firm. She likes it just right. Same exact thing could be said with the GDP. So when you see it at two percent, that's a little bit too cold, and it's a little too close to like slipping into recession. That's like seeing your grandmother step on ice. And you're like, no, care, care ma, ma, can I hold you? Oh. Bam, down she goes into a recession, right? Sorry, Grandma. So old Darwinian wood chipper for Grandma. She's not going to make it. That hip's not going to heal. Fire up the wood chipper and throw her on in. There's that wood chipper sound effect. But we could do that one later. So 2%'s too slow. 4%'s too hot. Goldilocks doesn't like things too hot either. Nag. So when it's 4%, 
Oh, there's Grandma. Oh, it wasn't plugged in. The chipper wasn't plugged in. I got it. They call him Fast Hands Zach for a reason. Anyhand, uh, anyhow, 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 anyhow. Okay, so 2% to 4%. 2%'s too slow. 4%'s a little too hot. It creates inflation in GDP. 4% means someone could be coming out of college and everyone's hiring. And the guy goes, wait, I can walk down the street and there's a four hiring sign everywhere? I can go into any of these and get a job? Sweet! You know what? I'm going to ask for them to give me a year's supply of Tootsie Pops when they hire me. You should have gone for the 25% cash bonus, but no, you went for the Tootsie Pops. Loser. Oh. Anyhow, and anyway, um, 4% is too hot. So I don't like 4%, I don't like 2%. You know what I like? What my friend Goldie likes. Right in the middle. I like moderation in moderation, if you get my drift. And anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220. Pending home sales for February came out, and not a good number. So economically speaking today, not the best day. Oh, and Yahoo is getting sued by the United States government. Not Yahoo. Excuse me. Facebook. Retraction. Haven't pulled the Yahoo sound effect out of my hiney in a while. So the Trump administration is suing Facebook. Facebook's surprised. (laughs) That's never a good thing. When you're sitting at home with a family and it's Thanksgiving and you get a subpoena and your wife's like, what's this all about? You're like, why, why, why is the DEA here? Aren't they drug enforcement? So the U.S. Housing Department and Urban Development sued Facebook on Thursday over alleged discriminatory advertising practices, adding to scrutiny over online activity facilitated by one of the world's largest social media platforms. Facebook is allowing landlords and home sellers to use its advertising platform to engage in housing discrimination. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know how sticky this is yet. I'm in the process of finding that out because I'm as surprised as Facebook's surprised. And uh, here's the sound effect that Mark Zuckerberg made when he found this out this morning. He was surprised, to say the least. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What do you want me to talk about? I'm spinning the dial of, of you. You tell me where I should land. Take a break. Be right back. Rob Black and your money. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Everything I ever learned, I learned from a book. You probably know a lot about me if you've been listening through the years because I try to share with you. I learned how to love through a book. I learned how to invest through a book. I learned how to see life through a book. When I was a young boy, I lived overseas and I read 1984. I read Pride and Prejudice. I read A Tale of Two Cities. I read The Man Without Qualities. I read Steppenwolf. I read The Fellowship of the Ring. I read Emma. Emma! I read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. I read Frankenstein. I read Siddhartha. I read East of Eden. I read Oliver Twist. Uh, Wuthering Heights, Dracula, and Frankenstein. Like The Republic, The Stranger, The Little Prince, The Hobbit, The Great Gatsby. I was a prolific reader. Now... Not so much. Now I like to read for fun. As a kid, I was, I was just curious. It doesn't make me a better person than you. It just makes me well-read. Everything I ever learned, I learned how to read. I learned in a book. And I highly suggest you pick up financial books, but use them as a grain of salt. I think one of the better ones is by Peter Lynch. Um, any book about Warren Buffett? I'll say let's give it a try. Um, there's The Truth About Money by a guy named... I'm on medication right now, Rick. <laughs> Rick. Rick. It's not coming to my head right now. Um, give me a second. I got to look it up. 
Rick Edelman. Oh, Mr. T, you gotta call me out. Mr. T, you're not acting like a bro. Bros don't call each other out. First rule of bro. Okay, you're right, sir. <laughs> that puts me in my place. I do not talk back to Mr. T. Anyhow, let's move forward. I'm crazy. Get off my back now. Um, car rental companies. Should they have stopped Uber and left? You go back in time and you see, like, the big mistakes that people made. You know, Napster disrupted digital music. Well, digital disrupted a lot, right? You're seeing Goldman Sachs jump on a credit card with Apple because Goldman Sachs doesn't have credit cards that anyone cares about on the consumer side. And Apple's got 1.2 billion consumers. That's a home run for Goldman Sachs. They could come out and say, our fixed trading desk, i.e. bonds, income, struggled. We had to fire a lot of people. But you know what? We're going to redeploy some of those assets to go after 1.2 billion Apple customers. I get it. Do you get it? I get it. Do you get it? Um, Barron's out there today is positive on Google. Great Google and Moogla. Now, I didn't really give this a lot of service last week, and I should have. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I was focused on Apple. Maybe I just don't have enough time in the day. Maybe I've got a... um, antigen in my body that's that's mutating my brain into like an alien brain or something like that. i don't know i missed it I, I i messed up gaming meets the cloud and investors scramble to catch up there's gonna be a big shift with the xbox next the sony playstation next the nintendo switch is kicking hiney right now it's the most innovative um console out there I don't even know if you can call it a console. But Google's saying, you know what? We want to be in on this. And Apple said we want to be in on this. I really hope Apple, and I know that you're saying, Rob, you have some weird Apple fantasies. This is a weird Apple fantasy. I really hope Apple, and I'm not talking Fiona Apple, I'm really hoping Apple buys Nintendo. Because that would make that gaming service worth it, and it would be family-friendly. Not that they're up for sale. But anyway, Google and the cloud makes me want to sing my song, Google, nothing but Google. The cloud's eventually going to remake the gaming world, so says Google. Google unveiled a cloud gaming service called Stadia, which is interesting. It looks nothing like the Google um, logo. It has no Google in it. it they're not really trying to, to stick with that. But Stadia is going to launch this year, and it enables gamers to play stream games on their computers, televisions, smartphones, without the need for a separate console. The supercomputer will be held at Google's headquarters. Inside the Google lair, supercomputers control the world. While you're playing video games, they're really mining your brain for mush. So the announcement helped AMD up 12%. That's $2.8 billion in value. Because Google said, we're going to be an AMD shop. Companies like Sony and GameStop dropped. Sony PlayStation, GameStop sells hard copies. And GameStop's talking about a dinosaur. They got those little dinosaur T-Rex hands that can't quite reach their, their, their pocket to pull out the wallet. You ever date someone like you're like, hey, it's time to pay. And like, oh, and they start waving their hands in front of their body and they can't quite find a credit card anywhere near their, their chest because their hands are only like attached to arms that are like three inches long. Said T-Rex. I've dated a T-Rex or two. Some of my friends are T-Rexes. I digress. So Sony. Oh, GameStop. Di- Dinosaur. Um, I saw some of the game companies say, we're not going to give them codes. They're actually going to have to sell stuff. We're not going to give them codes so people can digitally download if they want to digitally download the game, they can come to us. Alphabet rose 1.2% on the day they did this big announcement. But it was AMD that was the big winner. The Stadia rollout is latest, greatest, next big thing of the cloud. From software to music to video streaming to backing up our files, more and more services are shifting to the cloud. Why? Why? 
because it offers quicker scalability, cost efficiencies, and a closer connection to the customer. Let's talk do re me. Do a deer, a female deer. Gaming is a huge market. $135 billion in sales last year. This isn't Pac-Man. This isn't heading down to the arcade with a pocket full of quarters. This is $135 billion. So, and it's expanding. Stadia expands the audience for people that can play big games. You don't have to have a supercomputer anymore because Google's going to have it for you. You just have to have a good internet connection. Publishers will benefit from the additional distribution streaming offers. Traditional hardware game consoles makers could potentially lose business. GameStop is an absolute loser in this. Google's confident that current broadband infrastructure has improved enough to make it work. We'll see. When you get in a game of Battle Royale 100 people and one kid in Peoria has a 24 4K modem and he's just grinding everyone slower. So Stadia's not going to work unless you have 25 megabits per speed of download. And that way, Google can get you 1080 resolution at 60 frames a second. U.S. broadband infrastructure can easily absorb that. So says Ookla. Ookla does speed test checkups. The average fixed U.S. connection right now, 95 megabits per second. And all they need is 25. You know, it stinks is every now and then you hear about, like, in Sweden, they've got internet that is invisible. And you're like, I want some invisible internet. Wait, 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 what does that mean? So we always look at Europe and they're like, they've got some better infrastructure than us. They've buried their power lines underground in a lot of cases. So when there's tornadoes and hurricanes and things like that, it doesn't disrupt as much. Infrastructure, right? Part of infrastructure is broadband. Google's gaming strategy, we have a lot of questions. Here's question number one. Numero uno questionero. How are you going to make money? Numero question dos. Answer question one. I only have two questions for Google. How's it going to make money? The company has a history of shuttering or backpedaling on high-profile products. Google Fiber. No winner. No bueno. Google Plus. It's trying to be a social network. Shutting down. I love it when people think that I have all their answers for their lives. I don't mind... It's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but I don't mind. Someone emailed me the other day and I said, it, was, it sounded like an old person. On email, I know you're saying, how does it sound like an email? Well, it's kind of like this. It sounds, eh, Rob, I've got Google Plus. I hear I have to take all my pictures off. Eh. So that's my old person who's slightly sick and got a cold email. That's exactly what it sounds like. So Google, um, this person actually thought I should be, con- they should consult me on Google Plus being shut down, what they should do with everything they put on Google Plus. I'm like, yeah, I hear it's shutting down, so if you want some of those old photos and things that you had there, you probably want to download them onto your computer again. Can you imagine if Facebook said, you've got 30 days to get all your pictures off our platform? Could you imagine? Would there be panic in the streets? Would the damn dirty apes take over the planet? Google's going to have competition, because Microsoft wants to do essentially the same thing, cloud offerings. There's Microsoft is known as Project X Cloud. NVIDIA has got GeForce now. GeForce, members unite, shape of a water pick. An NVIDIA spokesperson said that the serious gamers will stick to their high-end gaming PCs. So maybe Google's going after a lower-end consumer. Might be a lot easier to stream, say, Mario than it is to stream Halo or Sony's Uncharted. So exclusives would be held for... The consoles. It's going to be interesting to watch. But again, the big do-re-mi that you have to pay attention to, it's big. You're talking a huge industry. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. $135 billion wakes me up. 
I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Good day, good day, good day. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I pledge if you listen to the show, I will do everything I can to bring some good content to you. And I try to be honest along the way. (laughs) And I pledge, if you get a robocall, I will put that person to death. I hate robocalls, don't you? Um, I I have some other platform issues that I can go through, but we'll save that for an election year, which, oh, just happens to be next year. (laughs) The Trump administration has to be disappointed with the fourth quarter GDP reading. Came in at 2.2%. The final number. And the reason I want you to say that the reason I want to say that it was disappointing is because we had a lot of stimulus. Remember the tax cuts? And we came in well below for the year. Not well below for the year, just a tad below. But for the quarter, it's struggling. Winner of the $768 million Powerball jackpot? Probably not you. Because it happened in a different part of the country. In Wisconsin, don't you know? It was probably a Packer cheesehead. Eh? Ticket was sold. Does not allow lottery winners to remain anonymous in Wisconsin, so they're going to have to come public. So it wasn't you, chump loser. Icelandic airline Wow Air collapses and cancels all flights. So if you bought a ticket on Wow Air, which is a transatlantic flyer, and you're supposed to travel today or tomorrow, they ceased operations. If you bought a ticket in the future, your money is gone. They're telling you... Go look for rescue fares from rival airlines. Wow added that the whole bookings by credit card or by a European travel agent should try to get their money back through those businesses. It said that some passengers may be entitled to compensation from the airline itself. So this happens on occasion. Could you imagine showing up at the airline and they're like, oh, yeah, they, uh, our, yeah, we got, our planes got repossessed. So a typical base fare for a wow flight from the U.S. to Europe it used to cost about $200 from the U.S. to Europe. That's a little too cheap. So they went bankrupt. Sometimes if it sounds too good to be true, what's the old phrase? It is. Facebook getting sued by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. This story does not have a lot of hair on it yet, but it tells you that the government is kind of zeroing in on easy targets that could say, look, big bad evil company, right? Um, Right. Trump administration's downplaying the possibility of a trade deal. And then tomorrow they'll say it is. But you could slip in every now and then um, as, a, as a government and say, hey, we don't like their data collection issues. Hey, we don't like today's actions following the HUD's investigation of a secretary-initiated complaint filed on August 13, 2018. HUD alleges that Facebook unlawfully discriminated by race, color, national, nationality, origin, religion, family status, sex, and disability. There's a lot of issues in California that I was like, really? So if you go to buy a house or rent a place, they can't tell you or they can tell you. Did someone have HIV in the house? Did someone die in the house? Um, you know, they're not allowed to ask a lot of questions of you, like your know, color and who you're dating and things like that. There's a lot of protections. California, for all of our bad, we do get some things right. And... Uh, it's interesting to note Facebook is in the crosshairs. Now, that doesn't mean that it, it's good to be in the crosshairs if you're like the greatest bison of all time and the, the world's biggest hunters coming after you. That means you're the greatest bison of all time. You're not like the second greatest. You're not okay. You're the greatest bison of all time. Um, it comes with the territory. When you're that big, you know, you're going to get some government scrutiny, especially in election years. 
So we'll see how that one plays out. Tesla shares, New York Times, the official record of the world, a lot of people believe. Tesla shares slump as 2019 starts. And it, it looks like sales aren't really living up to expectation. Last month, 6,200 Last month, 6,200 Teslas were registered with motor vehicle agencies in 23 states. That compares with 23,310 in January. So that's a pretty big drop. Now, those totals tend to reflect a lag because cars are often not registered until the month after the purchase. So December, Tesla was scrambling to sell cars before the end of the year, trying to get that federal tax credit last push that expired. I'm not a big fan of Tesla at this point in time. I want you to be very, very cautious even thinking about owning it. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say from now on. Thank you. Now turn it off. Um, one of the big stories that we've been seeing in the last 30 days is the 10-year Treasury dropping all the way down to 2.38%. It was at 3.25% about a year ago, right? That's pretty big. Oil's playing with $58 a barrel. These are things, bonds are like the yields, that's what we have to pay back. Or that's what we get in yield. That's the cost of money on a 10-year basis. And then, you know, banks, when they lend it to you, they start, you know, adding 1% here, 1% there. But crude oil is also another thing that we factor a lot of our costs on. So they're all in the news. Lyft IPO coming public tomorrow. Are you ready, ski daddy? Uh, You know how much I hate that man. President Trump wants the court to allow him to block critics on Twitter. (laughs) I love him. What a mess. I mean, he is all over the place. He is so sensitive, he doesn't want critics to be able to criticize him on Twitter. Do you know what Twitter is? Twitter is like just a mess where you go on and you're going to get knocked. You could give uh, birth to the next savior and people are like, oh, he's just a baby. He doesn't look anything like a savior. Like, people are mean to babies on Twitter. Trump. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.